0: Hey, folks, welcome back to the Growing Lean podcast, sponsored by our award-winning software development firm, Lean Discovery Group. This is your host, Dylan Burke, also known as Deej. I'm happy to be here with Nick Colson, founder of Dex Insight. Welcome, Nick.
1: Hello, hello. Happy to be here.
0: Awesome. So, Nick, to get us started, can you give us a little bit about your history and your background and how and when you founded Dex Insight?
1: Yeah. Happy to get into it. Um, so I'm a, I'm a Midwesterner, right? So I grew up in Chicago, folks were both teachers, um, went out to New York for school, ended up playing, uh, playing some sports out there too. Uh, did the wall street thing after NYU for like three and a half years. Uh, then kind of escaped that lifestyle to, to get into software. My friends were, uh, working a lot less, making a lot more and, uh, having a lot more fun doing it than, than I was circa, you know, 2013, 2014. Um, so that's when uh, I started a conversion rate optimization shop, um, moved to an early stage uh, business development role for a small Dutch bootstrapped startup called Usabilla. Um, ended up growing that business here in the States to about 6 million in revenue. We had 25 folks down in Tribeca, uh, maybe double that for the folks in, in the revenue out in Europe where they were headquartered. And then SurveyMonkey acquired us for 80 million in 2019. Um so I had kind of a cool exit there. The Duchies got a big check. Uh, I like to think of those like Happy Gilmore check sizes that uh would have been would have been written to them at that amount, I guess. Um so they went off to Ibiza to to celebrate and kind of um, slowly exit uh, from the business there and I helped SurveyMonkey uh understand what it was they acquired and and helped them try to scale it. And then when when that finished I found a Dex Insight and uh I'm focusing on uh, optimizing the digital workplace. By focusing on the relationship that the employees have with their technology.
0: Okay, amazing. I love I love that history and I love the point that you said they went off to Ibiza to celebrate. (laughs) Uh, Typical. Yeah, man. (laughs) Um, So, can you can you elaborate a bit more on on what you do at Dex Insights and go into a bit of your your business strategy?
1: Yeah. So. At Insight, we're focused on collecting data about how the employees are interacting with their software tools, namely SaaS applications in the browser, although we do a little bit outside the browser as well, which is fairly unique, Um, how they feel about those tools. So like satisfaction that goes much deeper and is more immediate than like an email survey that probably get every quarter or like online reviews that, you know, get. I don't know if you Recently, online review uh, recruitment emails that I think we all get. Like, hey, you know, we'll flip you a gift card if you review, you know, a software tool you use. Uh, not, not quite authentic. Uh, and then we'll take that data. Uh, we've got some generative AI integrations that that we've set up and we work with uh, to scan the data based on the outcomes that we know that the uh, the business is looking for, namely opportunities for enabling the team on new tools, uh, opportunities to rip and replace tools, opportunities for uh, reducing SaaS costs by you know, more accurately tracking who's actually using the SaaS tools and what seats are, are being allocated effectively and what aren't. Um, so there's some pretty low-hanging fruit that we find fairly quickly. Uh, and all it takes to get started is a browser extension that you can force install uh, to to your team and you'll immediately begin collecting that data and understanding what they're doing and how they're feeling.
0: Okay, awesome, that, that's really cool. So is it is it mostly um, businesses that you target to analyze how their employees use the data, not the actual SaaS companies? So you don't give the company to the tools that you're analyzing, right, the data?
1: Exactly, we're all brokering something in, in a way. Uh, and rather than brokering the feedback and the usage, which is a crowded space, for an application and the owners of an application like the product managers to understand user behavior and, and what they can improve uh so many applications these days are configurable by the company that had procured the app that bought the app right it's kind of like salt like configuring salesforce or configuring i don't know uh gong or you know name your tool uh it's uh, brokering that feedback and that usage data to the admin of the tool the company that licensed it
0: Okay. That's awesome. Um, I'm sure there's many companies looking for that data to save costs in the current economic climate.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's sort of hard to do now, uh, from what we've learned, folks are going to use their single sign-on vendor, like an Okta or another tool that uh, they use to track how often folks are logging in to their tools or like manage passwords. Um, We've seen folks build APIs into each of the tools to to pull down like usage statistics, which takes a, a fair amount of work. So there's a good opportunity just to quickly get something installed. It's almost like a Google Analytics meets Qualtrics um, packaged into a browser extension.
0: Okay, great. And then do you charge the company a fixed fee or is it per user?
1: Yeah, so it's both. There's an admin or a platform access fee. Uh, to access the web application for configuring the feedback collectors and reviewing the analytics, the actionable insights that uh, you know, the, the generative AI um, spits out for for what your goals are. Uh, and then for every install of the browser extension, just like you know, uh, uh, Grammarly, right? It's a couple bucks a month per install, and then it just runs in the background, uh, collecting data and uh, popping up surveys and receiving feedback with the click of a button by the end user.
0: Okay, amazing. And mm-hmm. what was the, or what is the biggest challenge you've faced um, since launching?
1: Yeah, we had, we had pretty strong feedback on the tool um, that there's a need for it. One of the, the psychological challenges of selling a tool that suddenly allows every employee or every user to tell you what they think of the it and digital workplace uh is sort of like getting someone to go to the gym when they haven't been going to the gym for a long time right uh it's it's tough to get in there and then once you're in there you're like oh man this is hard and uh you know you finish your first day and two days later you can't lift your arms and it hurts to sit uh but over time like you, know, you take action you keep going things are going to get better the tickets are going to re- be reduced uh employees are going to be more satisfied and more productive you're going to find opportunities to to rip and replace things seats that are uh, you know going unused and tools that are you know hundreds of dollars a month per user um, but it's painful to get started uh so they were getting helping folks realize that uh it is a big enough problem for them to to go to the gym has has been taught for us because uh, there's no line item for like an employee feedback tool on uh, and employee analytics on all their SaaS tools. It's just folks aren't quite there yet. Um, so that's been tough. Uh, selling SaaS in an environment where people are cutting SaaS is tough, too. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, oh, man, another tool to measure our tools like I like it, but uh, like we can't spend right now. and uh, So that's been tough. It's kind of like a cat. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of meta. And then the, the third challenge. So just that yeah, uh, getting folks comfortable taking on a new project that's going to create work, uh, selling in this environment and selling software in this environment stuff. And then, uh, the, uh, information security, uh, processes have been tough. Uh, not every company has an infosec department that's comfortable installing a browser extension on everybody's device uh, that's going to track usage and collect sentiment and um, for basically a, a guy in a dev shop uh, so we went out and got our sock two type two um, we kicked that off in february they finished the audit in may and i signed the official report yesterday so we're in pretty good shape to to, to go back out to market for the enterprise
0: amazing nice um... That's awesome. And what are your, where do you foresee your business going in the next three years? Um, in terms of user number, in terms of revenue, you don't need to speak to revenue specifically, but where do you see the business growing in the next couple of years?
1: Yeah, it's exciting because uh, yeah, we're, we're in the middle of raising a, a pre-seed and Angel Round. Um, you know, we want to get some more resources to be able to start going to a few future of work conferences. The reworked conference is one I've had a, our eye on for a long time. Uh, we've launched some partnership conversations with some vendor management tools um, and actually some more enterprisey competitors because they do a lot into like uh, telemetry and observability and network speed. Um, you know, the next things and the, the lakesides and oneies of the world that all have PE behind them are big investors. Um, and we want to be there like down market solution, you know, quick install, quick insights, um, for folks who aren't ready to spend a couple million bucks and take on a six month implementation. Uh, so I'm, I'm bullish on those two projects. Um, you know, getting some GTM resources, going to conferences, partnering with the big guys. Uh, so, you know, at, at our stage, you know, we want to get a couple hundred grand in revenue by middle of next year, which is just a handful of customers. And then, you know, once we've got that cooking and, we can add the things to the product that we want, and uh, maybe hire a small team. We're going with the uh the three x three x uh three x two x two x you know SaaS rocket ship model, right?
0: Hundred percent. Um, and is is a your goal to grow to a point where you can exit comfortably, or are you looking just to ride it out, um, and just make as much money as you can with the business?
1: Yeah. I'm open-minded, man. Um, we'll see. We'll see what destiny decides for us. You know, we're going to make a run at it for bootstrapping route. We're going to keep conversations going with, um, with funding and, and, you know, capital partners. Um, you know, IPO is always the, uh, most ideal outcome. Uh, but there's a lot of things that have to go right, uh, to, to get there. And, you know, we're going to do our best to get there. And, and we have the plan, but uh, you know it's going to take a lot of luck too.
0: Well, look, it's a it's a tool that essentially helps businesses firstly understand the employees and save money at the end. So I'm sure you're going to smash it. Um, it's definitely needed because even from like my perspective, there's so many tools that I have that I don't really use much or that aren't good um, and not worth what we're paying for it. Um, and like, it it just makes so much sense. It's, it's really cool.
1: Yeah. It's almost like, uh, I don't know if you have a personal subscription management, uh, tool for yourself to manage like Netflix and HBO or, uh, all of those, but it's very similar, um, similar idea.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. Um, and what metrics do you use to measure the success of, of, your business. Um, obviously besides revenue, um, we can talk, say milestones or achievements. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Right now we, we put a lot of things on pause, um, just to get the SOC two type two done because we found that we were just spinning our wheels, uh, initiating sales cycles with the enterprise. And that those are kind of the only customers that we're helpful for because you have to have sufficient software spend in order for the juice to be worth the squeeze um so now that we've got got that done it's a matter of filling the top of funnel um converting folks at each stage from you know discovery through to evaluation excuse me through to you know contracting and and onboarding so it's for me it's the conversion rate at each of those stages of the funnel um and then the renewal rate and we'll back into the the typical saas metrics you know, acquisition to lifetime value and uh you know retention rates and all the standard stuff
0: Hundred percent. And are you making use of any tools or tactics, um, not not just with the business, but within your personal life, that have helped you in the business, um, that have been particularly effective for for growing and getting where you are today?
1: Yeah, I'm a pretty direct guy. I think I worked for the Dutch for a number of years, and I think just by way of osmosis. I picked up some of their uh, philosophies on uh, communication. So uh, being open and transparent with you know, capital partners and um, design partners and internal partners has just helped us, I think, level set on the truth of the situations that we're in and the challenges that we're facing. And I think that builds a lot of trust in our uh, ability to execute, um, our ability to adapt, and um you know trust is sort of everything at this stage because there's so many unknowns uh and there's there isn't you know there's no software product in the world that's perfect uh there's always things that that can be improved and you know especially at our stage it, it takes a lot of uh feedback to make a feedback system better so it's direct and click transparent communication has been a, a big one that's gotten us to to this point so far
0: 100 percent. I, I love that that's That's so true, and so true, but people just often overthink it. (laughs) Um, it, It's such a great one. Um, So where do you see the SaaS industry heading in the next couple of years? Because we can obviously agree that it's pretty saturated at the moment, and there's like a new tool coming out every day. Do you think it's going to continue like this for a while, or where do you see it heading?
1: Yeah. Yeah. My crystal ball says that with generative AI, the barriers to creating SAS tools are going to be much lower. So if we think it's crowded now, like any knucklehead with a, uh, an idea and uh, a little bit of time to figure out how to stitch together um, some code from GPT or pick your favorite uh, generative AI tool um, and a dev to make sure that, you know, it's not, um, it's not just an AI code. It actually works. Uh, it's going to be more expensive and tougher to, to, to get the attention of actual enterprise buyers in the space. So I think they're just going to spend more time with, you know, the, the big players, the Microsofts and, uh, oracles. And, uh, I think that'll squeeze the little guys and, you know, they'll, they'll end up acquiring the ones that are struggling that have interesting tech or just building, building themselves. Uh, and the difference will be, uh, you know who has the relationships and and can move fast enough uh so the the ai thing is is a puzzle um it's, it's unregulated really so far you have some uh some promises and handshakes i think uh you know, you see once in a while with politicians and, and the leaders of of these companies but until we see some regulations and uh or something goes terribly wrong uh i think it's it's going to be a wild west and uh Getting the attention of enterprise buyers is going to be that much harder
0: yeah we are living in a crazy time It blows my mind every day like what's available to us and how fast we can do something that two years ago would have taken us like 10 hours to do and we can do that now in like a click of a button it's it blows my mind and how it's so it's basically just going to harm the little guy in the next couple of years because there's going to be so many of them it's going to be so much harder to get to market. Um, they're going to have to just spend so much more on marketing, uh, and it's going to be easier for the big guys. Like you said, like Microsoft and Google, um, it's going to be a crazy and interesting couple of years. And I'm, I'm excited to see where, where we go and what humans can do with the technology available to them.
1: Yeah, it's, it's going to happen fast, man. Um, so Buckle up, right? Yeah.
0: It's already getting faster and faster each day. It's it's nuts.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it feels a little bit like uh almost like the the rich are getting richer and it's getting harder for the, the poor to keep up and the middle class to keep up. I think AI is just gonna accelerate that, uh unless uh yeah, let's talk politics, right? Uh, unless the government, um, kind of governs and you know, the antitrust lawsuits that we see, uh, or, or litigation that we're starting to see in the news for the big guys, like we think we need more of that. Um, it's just, it's a uh, AI is a force multiplier. And if you already have a lot of force and it multiplies it, uh, stuff to compete.
0: Yeah. And not to mention all the jobs that will undoubtedly be replaced um because businesses want to save money at the end of the day so it's going to be scary but i know humans i like to stay positive and i know humans will figure out how to work around the negatives of it and come out positive (laughs) hoping
1: yeah yeah calculators didn't kill off mathematicians so i'm optimistic
0: yeah exactly (laughs) um so have you have you built this like by yourself completely, or have you had any collaborations or partnerships that have been effective in helping you get to where you are?
1: Yeah, I have a really great partner in the G Kim folks out of Ho Chi Minh City. Um, I went out there end of last year to go check out um, check out their shop. It's great. They have a really cool office, beautiful coffee shop, and a a new development um, out in Vietnam. And uh, it was really nice meeting the team and seeing them, and you know having lunch with them, and we went out to dinner. Um, Ian's been a great partner he's uh, a, a kind of a uh, a wonderful scottish guy uh, that was living down in southeast asia and stood up his dev shop and now he's back in the uk um and you know his commitment and guidance and uh you know the, the partnership well, since we we really got this going um has been instrumental in building a product that's you know many orders of magnitude more valuable than just the capital that that we put into it
0: Okay, awesome. Um, Good to hear. And Nick, sorry, we are running out of time. But I wanted to ask before we go, if there's any piece of advice you would give to business owners looking to enter your industry, what would that be?
1: Yeah, make sure that before you build the product, uh, you know that there's a a big enough need that someone will pay for it. So do your product marketing research and uh, even have, have design partners lined up and, um, and then just do it and take a risk. And you'll probably be wrong, but be ready to adapt and change quickly. Uh, you know, the only reason businesses run out of money or go out of business is they run out of money. Um, so stay lean, don't die of, uh, uh, buy a thousand cuts from all the little SaaS tools that are going to help you do, do everything. Um, the old fashioned way, phone calls, emails, uh, getting your first customers with relationships are going to be the, the best way to do it. There's no, there are no shortcuts.
0: Amazing. I appreciate that. Thank you. And Thank you for being on the show. I have really enjoyed your insights and your time. Um, what is the best way for people to get in touch with Nick Colson if if you have any offers for them or if they just want to follow your story with Dex?
1: Yeah, I've uh, just about four thousand followers now on on LinkedIn, so that that's a good place. I'm on that all the time. You can check me up there. Uh, my email is nick at dex insight. Pretty easy uh, if you want to reach me there. Um, Yeah. You know, always happy to, happy to chat.
0: Amazing. Thanks so much, Nick. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what the future holds for you.
1: Yeah. Thanks Dylan. Happy to be here today. Appreciate it.